0: welcome to this edition of the script podcast. I'm Vibha Ravi, senior editor with script and pink sheet. And joining me today is Mr. Sharvil Patel, managing director of Indian company, Zydus Life Sciences. Sharvil has a bachelor's and a doctoral degree from the University of Sunderland in UK, but has been educated on entrepreneurship by his father, Mr. Pankaj Patel. He has been instrumental in bringing about a focus on research, and Zydus now has multiple new chemical entities in the works, including one for treating non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. So, Sharbil, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Vipa. Instead of saying, let's begin at the beginning like the king did in Alice in Wonderland, I'm going to say, let's begin with the new beginning. So, Sharvel, in February this year, Khiagela Healthcare was renamed Zydus Life Sciences. Could you take us through the strategic significance and the thinking behind this move? And also, is it true that the word Zydus draws from the Greek word Zeus?
1: So, yeah, let me start off with the second uh, part of your, uh, you know, question. It does derive from the Greek word Zeus, which is one of the tallest... uh, you know, amongst the pathion of Greek gods and it stood for welfare of the people. Uh, so I think that's how we came up with the word and uh, we added a D uh, phonetically and we said it's a dawn of a new era in 1995 where we were just starting our journey. So I think that is how we were able to coin the name uh, Zydus uh, for ourselves. And um, recently, as you mentioned, yes, we went through a transformation for the organization after 27 years of living the name Kallila Healthcare, uh, we moved ourselves to zydus Life Sciences uh, Limited. And the new name uh, underscores our company's commitment to now science and discovery, uh, and keeping in mind the patients and caregivers which are at the core of what we do. And it also illustrates uh, our presence across the healthcare value chain, rather than just being a pharmaceutical manufacturer, we want to play a larger healthcare ch- uh, value chain uh, and make efforts there and which forms part of our life sciences journey as we have re re, re recoined ourselves. Uh, And we are also uh, reaffirmed during this process, our vision vision and mission and purpose, and also align the tenets of the company's philosophy on patient-centricity and innovation. So it's been a whole journey that's gone on for the last 27 years. And uh, now we are starting off uh, in transforming ourselves to build for the next uh, 25 years. And that's how we have begun the journey.
0: Right. so all the best for that journey and uh, given that you have a doctoral degree and you are called dr shavil patel now you do have a focus on uh, innovation so a significant part of your recent efforts have been focused on rare diseases uh, the us subsidiary sentinel entered an asset purchase agreement with bridge biopharma for new Libri which is meant to reduce risk of mortality in patients with molybdenum cofactor deficiency. And earlier, the same company had acquired a drug candidate from CPM Therapeutics to treat Menx disease. Uh, so what's the thinking here? Is it the case of less crowded space, better returns, or there's more going on? And also, how do you evaluate specific areas of interest?
1: So I think the company's philosophy has been to create impact and, and to work in areas where we can create some differentiation. As we know, the, the field of innovation and drug discovery is a very large field with a lot of companies uh, who are well entrenched. And so for us, we decided that we would pick up areas where we could uh, really meet some of the unmet need, uh, clinical or medical needs that exist, or work on rare and orphan diseases where there are just no solutions for today. And requires a lot of intervention, uh, and very few companies are working in this area. So that's how we went about selecting this. Because at the end of the day, we wanted to sh- do that. Whatever we do, we are creating some differentiation and impact. So when you mentioned those two orphan uh, or rare disease areas that we're working on, these are really, really difficult uh, diseases where these are terminal diseases for children, and you know many unfortunately do not survive beyond the age of three. So. I think what we wanted to do is when we looked at the the science behind the molecules that we are bringing, we saw that they obviously improved the the life and the longevity of these patients and also improved the. uh, The other benefits in terms of better life for the future, so I think that's how we wanted to build a portfolio of rare and ultra rare uh, products for the organization where we could create some differentiation and impact uh, in, in terms of care and in terms of patient empowerment. And fulfilling our uh, principle of uh, freedom to live healthier and more fulfilled lives. Similarly, on our own drug discovery molecules, if you look at saroglitazar, which you spoke about, Napril and uh, Nash, we also have an orphan indication of uh, PBC, which is primary biliary cholangitis, which is also a, a very important one where again there are is a huge unmet need for the for patient uh, women patients suffering from this disease so i think that's how been our philosophy now to uh, to do this work and make efforts and and we are getting a lot of fulfillment uh, in terms of feeling uh, that we are doing something which will really create uh, an impact to patient lives
0: right so let's talk a bit more about innovation innovation demands patience and investors demand returns so some indian pharma companies say they can't afford to take the risk of disappointing investors What's your view on this and when do you think is a good time for companies to talk about NCEs so that analysts and investors are not disappointed by the gestation period such products generally have before they get to market and uh, what are the benefits in real terms say cost expected of uh, orphan drug designations.
1: So let's first talk about the opportunities today, the global pharmaceutical market is 65% of the value is created by products that are differentiated and innovative. So uh, when we talk about value chain, when we talk about how do you uh, as a business and for analysts or for investors, it's important that how do companies evolve to picking up a larger share of the overall value chain. So today we play in a very small part of the market. And by uh, making efforts on, on research and see innovation, uh, we are trying to participate in a larger space and create larger value for the organization and for every uh, investor and individual who's invested for, at, in insiders, both within the organization and outside. Uh, also, uh, I do agree that innovation and drug discovery is a very long process. But uh, while the outcome and outcome takes a very long time, there is a very clear pathway to see how different innovation or drug discovery molecules are do- doing because there are important stage gates available, right? We have a clinical program for any molecule which goes all the way from phase one to phase three. And all of these uh, get uh, published and, and we get to see how the molecules are good, differentiated or better. So I think there is a while it takes a very long time to reach Uh, proof uh, and to market there is a there is a clear pathway which one can track to make sure that how the firm is doing on their portfolio and how the firms are moving in terms of innovation if you take sarogliters as a case in point we have had significantly good uh, publications in uh, important peer-reviewed journals for all our clinical work that's going on and and we have been able to show a critical differentiation for this molecule uh, even if you look at our uh, current vaccine, ZycovD, it's, it's now last, the phase three got published in Lancet. Uh, and we have shown clear uh, safety and efficacy for the, for, for the vaccine. So I think there is a path to uh, for this to be understood and, and realized. The value has to be created from this, create some differentiation that we all want to do in, in this area. So I think the future for any pharmaceutical or a healthcare company is to uh, move up the value chain. Uh, which leads to better, uh, obviously, business case, but also better margins, which is what all we are trying to strive for is to how do we improve our profitability so that we can invest back into uh, taking some risk more on different uh, research programs and others. So it's an evolution that uh, we are going through and many companies uh, when they reach a certain size and scale uh, do have that ambition to do so. And uh, we are very happy that we've been lucky so far that we have at least two molecules now in launched in, India and both in, uh, in advanced clinical programs in uh, the other countries, uh, and also a follow on at least two to three new molecules that we are researching, which are entered phase two uh, clinical work now. So, we are excited in, in terms of where we are and where we are moving towards. Also, we are becoming a good partner of choice on our orphan uh, drugs because we are playing in a very niche area where not many companies are there on uh, ultra range diseases and that's also creating a differentiation for the organization so i think all in all that's what excites us and that's what we are building the journey towards where we create a, a large portfolio of diversified uh, and uh, you know differentiated products for the company
0: i do have a question for you on zeco d later but uh, let's talk about digital initiatives so for a few quarters now zitis has been talking about digital initiatives and market, marketing and sales. I've been speaking to a few experts and they feel that a medical representative can't be replaced in India, particularly when launching a new product. What do you think? Also, are physicians reaching saturation levels as far as the digital mode of outreach is concerned?
1: Our view to the whole digital journey um, are on two folds, right? One is on the front end, which is where we are creating demand for for our drugs yeah. and the other is on the back end where we're trying to build efficiencies uh, and, and effectiveness in our processes and, and improve our productivity and cost. So uh, when we talk about the, the medical representative, I mean, that's just a small part of the overall part of the digital mission, right? One is we want to empower our medical representatives to be be able to be more effective in the clinic uh, because today what the doctors want is to get the relevant information in the most efficient manner. And also have, when they have queries related to drugs, safety, efficacy, pharmacology, and other related items to do with um, medicines or new diseases, and especially when, you know, when COVID outbreak was there and all of that, we also need to create uh, practices where we know how do we treat for certain diseases. So I think digital can offer a very valuable means in terms of how do you uh, reach people with the relevant information at the right time, uh, rather than, you know, the delay. So it it takes away the effort in terms of time, and we are able to give more tailor-made information to medical practitioners to make the right choices. The second aspect of this is is it should not be limited to just being giving information, but end of the day, what now at Zyidus, we are working for, for over the next 10 years, and what we want to build on the digital side is, how do we bring about better outcomes? because we have realized that just giving a medicine or prescribing a medicine is not leading to always the outcome which is controlling the disease or managing the disease uh, you know even in a area like diabetes which is very well researched and where are so many drugs still so many significant amount of patients are uncontrolled on diabetes and so i think what we have to work when we work on digital initiatives is to see how do we work on something which leads to a critical outcome which is make sure that we have remission of disease where it is necessary or cure where it's necessary. And that may not be limited to only medicine, but beyond medicine as well. Uh, so how do we bring about other aspects of influencing uh, the patient, which is the care that they're taking, the diet that they're taking, the other kind of area that they need to be careful about, uh, specific to the diseases that they are, and are they able to understand the symptoms that they're going through? So i think all of that is what's the digital mission for the for us when we say digital initiative so it's not going to be limited to just information and making the rep more accessible uh, with relevant data but more importantly how do we build clear outcomes on the digital front and that's what we're working towards and as i said on the back end we're working to see how do we build in more efficiencies and improve our quality attributes of our products how do we uh, improve our productivity, which is an important area for access of medicines and and at the same time, look at cost uh, and improvement on cost measures.
0: Yeah, I do agree. Digital initiatives, you know, allow companies to be part of the entire patient journey uh, to treatment and cure. Um, a recent McKinsey report has pointed out that the younger generation is focusing more on wellness and a logical fallout could be that they will need lesser drugs not more and the Zydus group is de-risked in the sense that it has wellness products as well but do you think it makes sense for life sciences to also look at apps and other tech interventions
1: definitely I think see the future of healthcare is going to be uh, where you talk all the way from diagnostics to therapeutics to uh, then finally remission and, and, and aftercare so I think one has to work across the ecosystem to bring and change into a, a patient's life or, or bring an impact in terms of uh, curing certain diseases or leading to remission of certain diseases. So it is going to be very, very critical that, that only as I am, I and uh, anybody in the organization is very clear that just a pill or just a medis- medication is not the only solution for many of the diseases. It has to go beyond the medicine. And that's why playing a larger uh, wellness area is, is important and critical. Also, you know, the future is also going to be about more customized drugs. We have also, because of the aging population and many other reasons, we have new uh, diseases that are becoming more relevant. You know, autoimmune has become a very critical area, which is become, which is, has a lot of impact on patient health. So how do we bring in new capabilities like gene therapies, cell therapies? How do we use artificial intelligence uh, to create a better clinical program so that we have better results? Uh, and we are able to drive more specifically what we want to do. Uh, And and look at all of those interventions in terms of future healthcare uh, to see that how do we uh, be in this area and be future ready. So we at uh, Zydus are are making sure that we are working in all of these areas of the value chain to make sure we are future ready for this uh, with the emphasis on technology, with the emphasis on all, as I said, diagnostic capabilities in terms of identification of diseases early and using the right therapeutics or vaccines or any other approaches that are important in terms of the future uh, disease profile or areas that are going to be very critical. So once upon a time, we knew that some of the cardiovascular and metabolic disorders were important. But now today, if you look at it, the immune system related disorders are becoming very life threatening and critical. And so I think we, as, as we progress and evolve, we also have to uh, make sure that we are able to. Uh, work on some of these uh, future-ready disease areas that are important.
0: Zydus had a pioneering moment with its DNA vaccine ZycovD, but despite approval for the adolescent age group, the rollout is still pending. You've already supplied doses to the government, but what happened here? Is it that the science itself isn't mature or that a mindset for acceptance still needs to be uh, developed in India?
1: so yes uh, we were you're right we supplied some uh, part of the consignment to the government of india I'll, i would say the technology is not the challenge it is a very well proven technology with uh, you know over 10 years of experience in terms of the technology in terms of what it can offer which is a extremely safe and efficacious platform with minimum uh, biosafety requirements and and has a very good uh, safety profile with no vector based immunity related issues uh, the, as I said, the technology is a rapid plug-and-play technology which helps us to generate new constructs quickly uh, for any mutating virus. So I, it's not a mindset issue in embracing the vaccine. In fact, because it's a needle-free vaccine applicator, actually there is no hesitancy to that. We Because this technology of scaling up has taken a, a considerably longer time at, at the organization, because uh, we or across the world, nobody had the capability to scale up this uh, plasmid technology to large scale manufacturing and that's where we did face a lot of challenges in terms of while we were able to do it at smaller scales to make it at large scales was very challenging Uh, all of the capabilities that we had to bring were from outside uh, in terms of equipment in terms of process also no no processing company had ever made or produced or had experience of producing this in their systems uh, at this scale so it was a long process for us to learn this uh, but having learned that now i think we are at a good place to be able to sufficiently produce uh, some quantities and uh, i i do not see an acceptance issue for the vaccine uh, because you know in india we did a trial on 28,000 volunteers and it would have uh, and we did it in time and finished it and we are probably one of the largest clinical work done in india on a vaccine so if that was ever an issue we would have never been able to recruit so many patients and you know in all the recruitment we had uh no dropouts or no concerns related to safety or side effects so i think that from that point we're very confident that once this vaccine is delivered people will find it uh there will be no hesitation to use it
0: so let me quickly ask you about the two dose vaccine so is that going to see a rollout soon
1: so we have finished the work uh, we had submitted to the SEC, the SEC meeting has gone well. Now we will wait for the official communication from the from them to uh, to wait for an uh, acceptance of approval for the vaccine.
0: You know, business persons also have a journey to success, uh, which involves moments that the public doesn't get to see or know about. Your grandfather, Raman Bhai Patel, set up Kadela Labs with a partner and your father pankaj patel has successfully built it into a leading indian player could you talk a little about your early days in the company learning the ropes so how has it been for you and what are some of the values you would like to pass on
1: i i did go through a very strong induction process i think the first choice was um, in my studies right i i had a choice between uh, studying science or or you know studying economics and finance and others I think my inclination towards science is something that pushed me to uh, to do my work in pharmaceutical sciences as well as then molecular biology and that's how I I graduated. Uh, As when I joined the organization, I started off as being a project manager and, you know, we ran an ambitious program for the organization, which was called the healthy billion, which is to uh, one was to achieve a, a sales target. Uh, in four years time, but also importantly to build beyond uh, the 2020 2010 2011 program. Uh, So this was the first time in the organization. We did a three or four year plan This is the first time we ran a three or four year plan in terms of achieving those uh, milestones uh, and also planning for the future and successfully completed it uh, as part of the initiative and that gave me a lot of understanding across the organization uh, and also capabilities within the organization. In terms of core values, you know, it's, it's been there all the way from my grandfather's time, uh, yeah, we, we, we believe in certain things of uh, respect, trust and integrity as a core principle of how we all have lived uh, as a family and how we also hope uh, and, and believe that the company is living by those principles as well and 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 that that goes a long way in terms of how we do things i think humility is very important uh, in any organization and any person and that's what we have, i have been taught and that's what definitely something that i would teach my uh, my uh, children or anybody for the future that those are core values and principles that one definitely has to live by uh, in terms of business and work i think the most important thing i have learned uh, by obviously as an entrepreneur one has to be a risk taker But being execution-oriented is very, very important. And that's what really drives us as an organization, that while we have great ideas uh, and we have a great instinct to do new things, at the same time, we are extremely uh, oriented towards execution. Uh, And that has been taught uh, through the generations uh, in the organization to to have that capability. And finally, I think the most important uh, area is to make sure that you create uh, as, as an organization grows, we create empowerment and uh, ownership. And uh, so today we're very happy to say that in our company, we have strong business leaders who run their businesses end to end, who are extremely responsible for their businesses. Even in uh, our uh, operations function, there are business uh, or site leaders who are extremely uh, you know dedicated uh, to the organization and to their function in terms of delivering value. So, I think we have created strong leaders in the organization that has been very fulfilling uh, and and you know we always have said ever since nineteen ninety five that we build people to build our business, and I think that motto has stayed throughout the organization and continue to live by that.
0: So I can personally testify about the humility bit for sure. And uh, it's good because, you know, yes, family run organizations do uh, face the challenge, of not having enough professionals. So, so on a personal note, what are some of the things that keep Charville up at night and some things that brighten his day?
1: What we are doing in terms of our science is very exciting. Uh, you know, we are also while we are a, a relatively small organization when it comes to global uh, organizations and uh doing global clinical or um, new science i think as a company we've done extremely well and very excited with the science that's going on in the organization and we are really working on path breaking uh, areas of science uh which is exciting for for all or for me personally and i can see that across now getting built across the organization as well what keeps me up um i think I won't say it keeps me up, but I think the uncertainty to the world has gone up, you know, Uh, we are in a complete VUCA state where it's volatility, uncertainty uh, is significantly around and adversity. So how do we cope up and how do we become agile or efficient uh, to make sure that we can tide through this difficult times that we are there where there is extreme amount of uncertainty around us is is very very uh, worrying and that's something that definitely I keep on thinking in terms of how do you de-risk the organization? Uh, How do you de-risk the businesses uh, to make sure that we we remain uh, uh, through the difficult times uh, and difficult times always come. Uh, So one has to be very prepared to do that. So that's something that I always keep on thinking that what are the areas? How do we do that? And in the last two years we have done a lot of things in terms of deleveraging uh, in terms of diversifying, uh, in terms of both geography as well as businesses, go to what we do in life sciences and, and wellness. So I think all of those things are things that uh, are are at the back of my mind. I, I do think a lot on that. And that's how we have been executing on it.
0: I do agree. You know, certainty has gone up, you know, in this environment a lot. We recently wrote about uh, how China into the COVID phase again, how that might you know throw things out of gear with respect to API prices or with respect to logistics. So I guess that is an ongoing uh, issue, unfortunately, that all business leaders, including you, would have to deal with. But it was really nice chatting to you, Sharyl. And with that, we come to an end of this podcast. I hope uh, you, the listeners, found it interesting. If you're not already subscribed to Pharma Intelligence products like Script Intelligence and Pink Sheet. You can begin with a free trial by registering on our site. Our podcasts are available on all the popular platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts. Bye for now, and I hope you'll come back to listen to more of our podcasts.